0: You're listening to Solar Insiders, a fortnightly update on the ins and outs of the solar industry and what it means for solar owners and industry, with Renew Economies editor Giles Parkinson and leading solar industry veteran Nigel Morris. Solar Insiders is brought to you by Clenergy, providers of innovative, high-quality solar solutions to the world. Sunwiz, Australia's leading service provider to the solar and storage industry. And Solar Analytics, helping solar retailers deliver more value, win happier customers and generate more sales through referrals and upsell.
1: Hello and welcome to this latest episode of the Solar Insiders podcast. My name is Giles Parkinson. I'm the editor of Renew Economy, along with One Step Off the Grid, the newly redesigned One Step Off the Grid, and the EV focus website, The Driven. And Joining me as usual is Nigel Morris from Solar Analytics. Nigel, how are you? Giles, I'm just fine, thank you.
2: Um, I'm glad we've all got our bodily noises and functions out of the way now and we can get on with the podcast.
1: Well, I'm not too sure what you mean by that, but um, when we actually um, joined, um, sort of linked up uh, into this podcast, I could hear you in the background um, doing some sort of tongue twister. Can you just let listeners know what it was? Because it quite startled me.
2: (laughs) Well, uh, people of my generation, Giles, uh, would remember the band Sonic Animation and their huge hit, Theopolis Thistler. Can't even spit it out now. Uh, an exercise in vowels, great tongue twister. Uh, it's my warm up every
1: time. How does it, it would... how, how, how does it go? <laughs>
2: You're gonna. I'm gonna have to look up the lyrics. Theophilus Thistler, the thistle sifter, in sifting a sieve full of unsifted thistles, thrust three thousand thistles through the thick of his thumb, and so on and so on.
1: Nigel, this is not a gardening show. Um...
2: <laughs> <laughs> We've we, the, we decided there's a call out. We need a solar. Tongue twister, please listen. We need a
1: solar tongue twister with a singular S and uh, a pronounced S, but I'm sure there is. Um uh, If there's not, so, there should be. Well, look, there probably isn't. We're just we're gonna embarrass ourselves with actually not remembering it. But um and on that basis, I think we should very, very quickly move on to the subject at hand, which is okay. solar, um with a nice clean s. Um solar is the new king or queen or both of the Australian energy uh, market. Um, This is even admitted by Angus Taylor, the energy minister, he who came into his office three years ago and declared there's already too much wind and solar in the grid. Well, guess what? It's actually increased threefold since he's been there and despite all his best efforts to talk it down. um, He uh, put out a press release the other day Uh, coinciding with the uh, release of the Australian energy statistics for 2020. Now, most people who are really connected to the market will already know this, but it's interesting because it's the government report and it kind of sort of establishes that solar overtook wind in 2020 to become the biggest single source of renewable energy um, in the country Uh, thanks of course to the huge increase not just in utility scale solar but also particularly rooftop scale solar in the last uh, year which I think was more than three gigawatts or just under three gigawatts and of course renewables together have overtaken gas uh, quite comprehensively and um, that uh, that gap will continue to grow so um, good on you. Yeah, give us all a pat. <laughs> give everyone a pat in the back. Well, everyone, well done. everyone, yes.
2: self pat on the back, please. Thank you very much. I Absolutely. love this. I love this because, um, a, I, I actually stumbled across the, the looking at. You know, I used to used to be on the dark side as a consultant, and amongst other things, I um, did a lot of energy forecasting work, particularly with one of our great sponsors, Sunwiz, and. Um, I could see the day coming. Only a few years back, uh, when solar was going to overtake wind, and we could, all, we were. I remember having some good chats with Warwick, going, you know, we're going to. Everyone talked about wind being the large-scale solution and being, you know, massive, and you know, solar's never going to get there. And uh, we could see it coming. And uh, so it's a it's a day to celebrate that. Um, we finally officially taken over, um, so that is really really exciting news. I couldn't work out the Queen rather than the King, but of course, being totally fair, we're still number two in terms of uh, generation capacity in the market. Still got, still got some work to do to catch up to uh, King Coal.
1: Nigel, you don't understand just how much trouble you just got yourself into um, to suggest <laughs> <that> the Queen. <laughs> He's the number two. We actually put it there as, um, you know, just a gesture. I, saw, I actually saw the original headline and said king, and I said, well, why does it have to be the king? Why doesn't it have to be the queen? Just oh. as powerful, just as influential. Oh. So, yes, oh, yes. You know, we're not My We're bad. not playing chess. Yeah, oh. you're bad indeed. Strikes me
0: down.
2: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it I I made no sense to me either, to be honest. Uh, but um, I thought you were implying that, you know, we still had to, had to be the number one. But...
1: Um... No, I'm just suggesting like. that Solar is the unimpeachable monarch um, over this like juris, over this energy jurisdiction. There you go. I like but, it. Um, I'm an unimpeachable monarch. That's perfect. I like well, it. that's longer than the Queen. I can't fit it into a headline. You don't understand how difficult <laughs> it is to be a journalist <laughs> sometimes. Okay. <laughs>
2: Not do a headline which was, We are the unimpeachable monarch. Okay, good.
1: That's cool. right. Yeah. I mean, if everyone is wondering why energy efficiency has not taken off, it's because they have not reduced their um, technology name to about a four or five <laughs> little word. Um, it's going to be the same problem with electrolyzers. Um, you know, we're just going to think of something, you know, just really short and brief. That's why gas and coal get such a good run. You just, you right. know,
2: it, it's just simple. So hydrogen's got to get there, do some work, perhaps. Then. You know, yeah, it's going to be Hyge. Yeah. Or
1: something. Hyde, yes, hide, yes. Hide with nudge. The new yeah. podcast coming on. <laughs>
2: <laughs> not get it ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Okay.
1: Now, not only is solar the unimpeachable monarch of this energy jurisdiction, which we live, <laughs> um, it's also the cheapest. Um, the gen cost. The gen cost uh, report has come out. Um, Today, as we're recording this on the Tuesday, this will be published on the Wednesday or the Thursday. But this is the annual report that's put together by the CSIRO, um, along with the Australian Energy Market Operator. It's absolutely Mm -hmm. key to their whole work that they do, and things like the Integrated System Plan, and also sort of you know to point people in the right direction about you know, well you want to build something and you want to know which is the cheapest, and you haven't already worked that through your suppliers. Well, here you go. This is this one. So um, basically, Mm. it's just pointing out that uh, look, solar and wind. Um, even combined with storage and all the transmission costs and even up to, from a 50% um, share of the grid, wind and solar up to 90% is still so much cheaper than any fossil fuel option um, and certainly nuclear, which we're starting to hear about again now, unfortunately, um, mm. because all, this, all the crazies are going back and sort of dipping into their darkest drawers. Um, the but secret really- society. Of oh, the secret society. Can you believe that? Well, that's not really that secret. You can probably name them all, but anyway. Um, but, yeah, there you go. So um, the new latest CSIRO report um, just points out that solar and wind, look, I'm not really too sure how much their costs are coming down still. There's a few supply problems at the moment with sort of polysilicon and chips and other things, but uh, battery storage yeah. costs have been coming down. Um, so the combination of them um, is just um, just really quite compelling and really – um, underlines why every state government is thinking in these terms, um, yet the coalition government um, is it to cross that um, divide? Yeah, well,
2: you know, Giles, like we've done for the last decade or so, just uh, stay on board the solar coaster, keep. Keep going round and round and round and keep going round and round and round and round. And, you know, the great thing about our technology uh, that uh, uh, we talk about every fortnight and all our listeners uh, do every day of their lives, just keep going because um, it's it's absolutely just doing the job.
1: Mm. Yeah, another little thing um, on my little menu of things to talk about is quite. I was quite fascinated today by AGL's announcement and Arena's announcement that they're going to support a project by Raygen. Now, Raygen's been one of these sort of um, solar technology companies specializing in sort of concentrated PV. And it's been around for a fair few years and had a couple of pilot projects which didn't go anywhere. But I love CPV.
2: And it's got an acronym, um, and it's been a, there's been some great trials over the years, but it's
1: never quite got off the ground, is it? Well, now they've decided to sort of, um, they've decided to call itself, um, sol. No, what is it? Sol- solar, solar storage, or hydro solar, or solar hydro, or something like that. So basically, what they're now doing is they're using the heating properties of the CSPV, CPV. <laughs> got me confused. CSP, now. CSP. CSP basically um, using that to heat the heat water um, and then with another block of water which is cold using that sort of um, temperature difference to drive a Rankin cycle. I don't don't actually understand exactly how it works. Rankin cycle. Oh yeah, yeah, Rankin cycle steam engine. Yeah, yeah. Rankin cycle turbines. um, And they're going to do one of those at Car Warp in Victoria um, where some people I know are trying to get a solar farm connected and also up at the Liddell coal generator site in New South Wales. So um,
0: very interesting, Interesting.
1: Starting starting to see a couple of these other solar technologies coming along. There's Vast Solar, of course, as well, which is also looking to do a big sort of solar tower, solar heating type project up at Mount Isa. So um, so it might not just be flat panels anymore, it might, Nigel. We might have some competition from um, from other derivatives. Well, look, there's, there's the big dish that's
2: been around for ages down at ANU. That was a hotbed of activity know, a while back. Uh, and there were some great trials that went on out in uh, remote parts of Australia, including some of the Indigenous communities out in South Australia with concentrated Solar and, and and even all around the world, you know, the, the key and, and speaking to a couple of people I know over the years in this space, the key is always that you get so much heat out of these processes that if you can leverage the value of the heat, the economics start to really stack up. And the challenge has always been, well, okay, you know, um, uh, up in the north of South Australia, there's not a huge heating load most of the year so challenging to make the economic stack up so you're really down to the energy but if you can get that heat out and get it into an industrial process where they would other where they would offset purchasing gas or energy some kind of other energy for heating the economics start to look really really good and they're they're fantastic so you know more power to them more power to them it's it's a it's a cool tech technology
1: Absolutely, yeah. And it's just it's, it's interesting having that sort of heating option too. It's just like another revenue stream. It's a bit like batteries. If you just think of batteries as, a, um, as just sort of storing wind and solar for a rainy day or for the nighttime and things like that, those economics don't quite work. But if you think of a battery as having about 20 different sort of, um, 20 different uh, um, things that it can do, including network like support, and fast frequency control like a, and just, voltage.
2: You're just like a giant battery. 20 things well, do, you can do, writing, podcasts, so versatile. You're just like nicest, a battery.
1: That's the nicest thing everyone has said, said to me today, but just like a battery, I only get paid for one of those services. All the rest <laughs> just seems to be free and thrown in, just, you know. <laughs> we need
2: to get Giles
1: on the F-Cast mark. We need to get Giles, yeah, voltage control. <laughs> <laughs> inertia, inertia, some inertia, inertia, synthetic yes, inertia. Inertia, that's
2: more your style. <laughs>
1: Well, I don't know, maybe at the start of a wave or during the wave or something like that, you just want to be able to sort of slow down the rate of change of frequency in the wave, just to be able to sort of stick in there. God, you we're laboring this you're point, dreaming, aren't we? We're, we're laboring this point. Now,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, look, I, I mean, I, to move on. I, I think I, uh, going back to the story, you published a really interesting story today about uh, one of the exits, uh, the number of exits that are going on, but um, new solar energy announcing the sale of its two big solar farms. And uh, it struck me that, you know, uh, their quote was Australia's regulatory and policy environment was described as not conducive. Uh, Hence, they decided to get out of the market like a number of other players. And I think, you know, uh, this it's back to the core issue of, you know, how do we get a conducive market? How do we get conducive regulatory and policy environments so that all these different values that batteries and cpv and large-scale solar and small-scale solar and indeed the giles parkinson battery can all leverage all the good things that we know they can deliver
1: absolutely and in fact, if you actually look at the growing list of um, people i mean this is breaking news it's sort of live on our podcast Ooh. although Ooh. Um, yes this is meridian australia um, is getting Meridian's getting out of australia so it's Ooh. just announced that they're the people who own power shop and a bunch of other no Renewable way. Renewable projects? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. It's just, no it's just here. I'm, I'm, I'm reading it, Nigel. I'm reading it. I'm a I'm power I have to say, I'm a power shop
2: customer. What does that mean to me, Giles?
1: Well, I don't know. They don't say specifically. Have about they sold it? Shop. They're basically, no, they're just considering all options, including partial or full divestment of Meridian Energy Australia, which I would. I think, yes, includes Power Shop Australia. There you go, 140,000 customers. So you add them in, and I can't remember quite off the top of my head what Meridian owned. I think there's a couple of um, wind farms. I don't think there's any solar farms, although there was a couple of them. Um, it was an intriguing solar hydro project, talking about solar hydro down the Snowy, but this is actually a solar farm married with a pumped hydro Thingamajig down at Hume, I think. Maybe we're going to put yeah. a solar plant or maybe, um, something. Anyway, down there. Huh. But you've got them. You've got um, tilt being bought up by um, AGL and its mob. But you've also got John Lang seeking to exit. You've got um, my mind has just gone blank. Help me. You've got New Energy Solar as you mentioned. You've got mm-hmm. BlackRock. Um,
2: AGL just just did its acquisitions of a couple of players.
1: Yes, um, it got Invergent sold to Eberdrola, and I'm just trying to think who the latest mob who um um who, who are going to sell on. Oh, God, it's terrible.
2: Gosh, it's, it's, suffice um, to say there's a flat, lot flat going battery. on. Who was it?
1: No, it's the flat battery flat, I'm talking oh, about. Flat,
2: you've got a flat battery. Okay, sorry. Suffice to say, there's an awful lot going on, sort of at the macro level, and there's a lot of. There's a lot of moving parts in the macro level of the industry at the moment, aren't there? Especially in that large-scale space. My goodness.
1: Nexif Nexif Energy was the name I was trying to think of. Nexif, Nexif. yes. So look, and FRV FRV are apparently trying to seek a buyer for at least half of its um, equity stakes in all its projects. Right. So there's about 20 or so solar farms out for sale and about half a hmm. dozen or a dozen um, wind projects sort of either built or in the pipeline. So there's an awful lot sort of changing hands at the moment. So I'm not too sure whether that's good or bad for the industry. Perhaps people catching in, perhaps like New Energy Solar, people just fed up and going back to Biden's America and just looking at the opportunities there.
2: Well, that was what, that was the really interesting thing around that. And actually, um, with New Energy Solar, they kind of, you know, they were kind of looking at this through a... Not unreasonable, fairly ruthless business lens, it struck me, where they went, well, Australia's not conducive. I would have used other terminology, but I said Australia's not conducive to to making good returns because we're being constrained and we don't have this network connection that we need, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And we're looking across the lake and we're going, well, the US is all about it now. Off we go. We're going to take our business to a new place where we can get into a market that's much more active and promising. And, and you know, that's not an unreasonable thing for a multinational business to make a decision like that, to, to shift their business focus. So, you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it, it does does not bode well. Although, having said that, I also read your fascinating story about the approval that's been granted for the interconnected between South Australia and New South Wales, which is going to be a super highway for renewables and should unlock, if I'm not mistaken, three gig in New South Wales and three gig of, of, of opportunity in South Australia as well. So, you know, moving parts, right?
1: Absolutely. And I'm um, talking about hydrogen and electrolyzers. So you've got Queensland announcing this week that it's found land for a three gigawatt electrolyzer up in um, Gladstone. And that's going to require another five gig of wind and solar um, if, as promised, it's going to be supplied by renewables, at least. Um yeah, the WA Energy Minister or the regional, um, no, the hydrogen minister. They've got a hydrogen minister in WA, the WA hydrogen minister talking about having 100 gigawatts of renewable capacity for hydrogen in WA by 2030. 2030.
2: Have they got a solar solar minister? I'm just asking. Um, No. Because you know what? We're we're here. We're the biggest generator in WA, if I'm not mistaken, by capacity. Uh, One of the biggest by energy delivery. Where's our solar minister in WA, Giles? Good
1: they've question. got a hydrogen minister. Good question. Well, they've got a hydrogen minister. Well, yeah. And they're going to need a bucket load of solar to actually middle that. I mean, 100 gigawatts of new wind and solar by 2030. I mean, it's a bit ironic because at the moment, if you want to be a, build a wind or a solar farm in WA, it's almost impossible because of the grid constraints on, on, on the place and the rules just not favourable. So to think that actually going to be building up 100 gigawatts of it, which is about 100 times what they've got now um, in the next 10 years, is... Um, is quite something to contemplate, really. But most of that will presumably be um, in off-grid supplying electrolyzers, but maybe with some connection to the main grid. Um, who knows what will emerge as we go on. Minister for solar, I look forward to the job posting. Well, Nigel, no, <laughs> you just—you just take just the rest of this <laughs> a podcast. that to sort of type out your application, and um, we'll, have, we'll have a job for you in, in two weeks' <laughs> time. I look good on a business guy. What are for you? Scholar?
2: minister for I'm solar, minister for I, like solar. I like
1: that i <laughs> like it could be the world's now, listen, first minister
2: I know it. for solar <laughs> i don't think it would be the world now there's a challenge we need to see if there's already been minister for solar i i want to bring it back to small scale though because there's some pain in the small scale there's volatility in the small scale market as well giles sunwiz our uh, one of our sponsors of the podcast uh, um have talked about this and um was quite kindly shot a couple of graphs to me over the last few weeks because I've been quizzing him saying, Well, oh, I'm hearing stories, what's going on? And we, I think you published one of his articles about the changes, particularly in the drop-off in New South Wales, which is kind of two months now of consistent reductions, a little bit flat in most of the other states. And gosh, everyone I'm talking to is just talking about it being very tight out there. Very, very tight. I was chatting to a couple of lead generation companies, respect respectable ones not not bad ones respectable lead generation companies now both saying that leads are just flat and consumers are a bit um a bit nervous uh seems to be the consistent story is it's consumer nervousness that is slowing lead flow down and that's of course converting into slower um slower sales so there's definitely some pain in small scale at the moment as well
1: what do we think's happening in new south wales because they were absolutely the star performer over the the last 12 months um and i think they i'm not too sure if they quite got to 100 megawatts in a single month um earlier this year or they just fell a couple of kilowatts a couple of panels short but um they're down to about 80 mm. megawatts now if that's a 20 percent fall um any any clues mm. as to what's happening if we we can't find any more electricians or something i mean that seems to be the case up here you can't find an electrician for for love of money but um, um a lot of money. what's um or have we look i yes i
2: I remember I remember back to a lot of the forecasting work I used to do um, uh, in my earlier days and, and again, I'm going to reference Warwick here because he was a, he was a great partner in crime. and the conclusion that we always reached was when you looked at market trends, in fact we had a view and, and, and a stack of about 40 factors that could potentially influence either positively or negatively consumer uptake on solar. you can look at interest rates. On housing, and say, well, you know, if they're one way or the other, that's going to drive an inclination to spend money or not. You can look at all these sort of very small factors, and if they all happen to stack up in one way positively or negatively, you can start to see these impacts. And right now, I think what we're seeing is a stack of negative, small, all individually small impacts, but negatively pushing. The end of of JobKeeper, for example, is an, a quite rational, normal. Um, a position that that consumers end up in, where they go, oh, I've lost JobKeeper, or my son, or my, my 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 flatmate, or whatever has lost JobKeeper. So would we make a decision to buy solar this month, or would we just delay that while we adjust our um uh, our financial um, um you know position and get used to living without JobKeeper, for example? And that's affected. Hundreds of thousands of of Australians, if not millions of Australians, so that that in its in itself it can be really material. And of course, as my my dear, uh, most eloquent and very very well tuned into the psyche of the world wife said the other day, bloody COVID, um, uh, COVID, uh, and a spike uh, in cases like we've had in Victoria just puts everyone on edge, and and it it it, it throws everyone into a state of oh, hang on. I don't know what's on the near-term horizon. And does that bode well for investment decisions in putting solar on your roof? No, it doesn't. So I think, um, and, and chatting, and, and not just my opinion, but chatting to lots of other people, it's this stack um, that can build up and, and and kind of accumulate to a fear of making a decision about uh, an investment that's, uh, that's driving this slump. Giles?
1: Yeah, well, I just um, look at the amount of money that's just sort of sloshing around the place, mainly because people aren't paying for expensive skiing holidays overseas and stuff like that. But um, maybe that particular cohort of people have exhausted it and um, and done their solar business and um, have um, maybe we've hit sort of maximum penetration in um, in that part of the market. I don't know. It's um, it's it's a worrying right. one. So no,
2: nah, we haven't hit max. We haven't hit max. That, that that I'm very very confident. I'm gonna I'm gonna put myself out on a limb right now and say we have not hit max, this is a dip in the solar coaster. We've seen them many times before, and it will come back. The market will um, steady on, steady down, and um, you know we, we might not be at the same level that we were. We might have had some overhang from last year that's built sales up in the first part of this year to a level that we hadn't seen before, but it'll come back because the opportunity to save money and to be happy in your home uh, with lower electricity bills remains in place. So Mm. it'll come back, um, but um, it, you know, it might take a little bit of time.
1: Let's just take a break to listen, to hear from one of our sponsors.
0: Clenergy is an Australian-founded enterprise providing innovative, high-quality solar solutions to the world. Clenergy's innovative approach and engineering expertise gives them a unique edge to create the right base framework for all solar applications. Their range of high quality products and services include PV mounting, ground mounting products and solutions for residential, commercial and utility scale projects. Visit clenergy.com.au and find the right framework for your solar application.
1: And of course, we'd like to thank all our sponsors, Clenergy, Sunwiz and Solar Analytics for their ongoing support um, of this podcast. And um, of course, um, also to Solar Juice for supporting your great solar business podcast. Um, Nigel, just give us a reminder of who you interviewed in your latest episode.
2: Oh, so um, I can reveal the name now. Um, uh, So the topic I think I mentioned in the last episode is how to flip your solar business. I interviewed a gentleman by the name of Eric Zimmerman. Now, not not everyone might know Eric, but um, certainly if you've been around for a while, you would know him because he's been uh, involved in the industry for um, about 15 years. He's built and sold several material solar businesses over the years. Um, and um, Eric gave some great insights into some of the secrets of, you know, building, growing and selling solar businesses. So, um, yeah, I hope there's a little nugget or two in there for every solar business owner and, it, and, and a tip or two on, um, you know, how you might prepare your own business for a flip at some point in the future.
1: And talking about our um, our sort of uh, um, podcasts, um, it might also be worth listening to the uh, Energy Insiders podcast interview we did last week uh, with uh, the CEO of Shell Australia, Tony Tony Noonan, talking about all things um, electricity and battery storage and EVs and, of course, some of his... um, Pet subjects, LNG um, and carbon capture and storage, and things like that. But pretty interesting to hear from, you know, probably one of the biggest, most influential energy companies in the country. And uh, just for fun, oh, the Driven podcast is doing an interview with Daniel Bleakley. And I don't know anyone's if anyone's actually seen some of those videos, those coal miners driving Teslas oh, um, up in um, up in uh, Northern Queensland. Absolutely fantastic. They Had Bob Catter the other day, and his hat almost flew off. Well, I think it flew into the back of the car, um, and uh, some choice language. Um, it's just been just been remarkable because. One of the things about this sort of whole energy debate is that there's just so much information and people just don't know. So this guy, he's actually from the area around Claremont and Emerald and central Queensland, real coal country. He was living down in, I can't remember now what it was Melbourne or Sydney, um, I'll be able to tell you in about an hour's time when I've done the podcast recording with him. And he just went back up there and he just like, wow, um, took some took of his, his mates for a, a ride in his, in his new car. And and he now is on about twenty uh, YouTube videos, and just seeing the reaction—it's abs- its priceless. Anyway, so we're going to have an interview, a talk with him, and um, find out what makes him tick, and um, should be good fun. That's
2: awesome. That is yeah. awesome. I, I've, I actually stumbled across that and watched a bunch of them myself, uh, and and it was just—it was just delightful. It was just really, really nice.
1: And in fact, I mean, the the big news last week was that a liberal, a coalition, a federal coalition. MP um, Katie Allen um, down in Melbourne actually bought herself a Model Three and thinks it's fantastic a Tesla Model Three. So there you go, progress. I wonder if she actually had a ride in one of those new Com cars. So there's there's, in a fleet of about 250 Com cars, there's now actually two electric vehicles. One is yes, there is Um, one. I think is a Hyundai Ionic. And another one's a Tesla 3. I can't even find out where it's operating, but I wouldn't be surprised if she sat in the back of one of those one day on the way to and from the airport and thought, hey, this is not bad. And she's this gone out and bought bad. herself one and thinks it's pretty damn good. So um, that's one down, about 240 to go, or however many people there are in Parliament House. But, um on the way now, Nigel. I think i well, seeing we're subject on we're on the subject of EVs now. Um, you got a few little nuggets as well, haven't you? I,
2: I do have a couple of nuggets, but I, I want to just share the Bitcoin story because before we go to more on EVs, because there was such a cute little story out of the UK about a Bitcoin mine uh, that was discovered. Police raided a property because they suspected energy was being stolen and they thought it was a drug raid. They thought they'd find a cannabis uh, um, uh, growing room. And instead, when they got in there, they found thousands and thousands and thousands of computers. Um, To quote the article, um, police were stunned to find a Bitcoin mine stealing thousands of kilograms of electricity during a suspected warehouse drug right in the UK so i don't know how you steal a kilogram of U, of of energy but apparently in the UK they can <laughs> estimates were they stole $29,000 worth of kilograms of electricity per month and um but apparently uh that gave them a $20,000 profit uh <laughs> due to the bitcoin money they were making so it stacks up apparently in the UK to steal kilograms of electricity so i thought that was kind of cool um but yeah moving to electric vehicle stuff two really two two kind of actually three stories i haven't put the third one in. i'll throw that in but um three interesting stories in australia around the sort of smaller ev space and of course two-wheel focus because that's the coolest place to be um firstly there's a company called rain one now i hadn't come across rain one but rain one were a sort of electric scooter not like a Vespa style scooter, like a like a push alongside style scooter, but we've all seen the electric ones all around the place. They're very cool for inner city transport. It's a company called Rain One who had gone on a big fundraise uh, back in 2019. They'd promised to deliver an amazing, amazing scooter. In fact, some of the pundits were saying, "Don't know how you're going to actually do this for the money because it was under a thousand bucks." But nonetheless, they did a big fundraise. They they got four hundred, nearly five hundred thousand dollars worth of backers through kickstarter and unfortunately last week announced they have collapsed um now they're they're not calling it a collapse they're saying in effect what they're saying is that they got a letter last week in the mail that said the cost of your raw materials to go to production have all just gone through the roof we know that freight has gone up dramatically we know that some of the electronic components have gone up dramatically they got hit with this big bill and unfortunately they had no way out but to wind the business up Unfortunately, for those 500 backers, they've lost their money, which is going to be pretty painful. Um, RAIN1 have got quite a lot on their website saying they believe they're going to be back. Um, they want to reinvent themselves. They've tried to do it as well as they possibly can. But unfortunately, that's um, a bit of a sad story for a Melbourne-based startup trying to do something very, very cool with electric mobility. On the other side of the coin, two bright stories around electric motorcycles, of course where the sun shines just like new, this new solar and it's just sun shining and it's all electric motorbikes in this glorious glow. Number, <laughs> one, number one was we have a story coming up very, very shortly uh, about a um, couple of fellas who I am very much looking forward to seeing. They're coming to visit you too, I think, Giles, with um, a great little Chinese-made bike that is looking very, very promising. They've spent a couple of years, I've been chatting to them on and off and uh, over the last couple of years, they spent a couple of years developing this bike, getting it ready for Australia and they're now about to do a tour of the East Coast, so we're going to get to have a little spin. So look forward to an interview and probably some video and drone footage and some test rides on uh, the Evoke electric motorcycle. So that's coming up soon, and then the other one that I just stumbled across completely by chance, and and it, uh, is is uh, the company Brap with a triple A Brap Brap. Are now I've got an interview that I'm going to try and do with them as well. They kind of position themselves as basically an entry level um, um, entry level motorcycle company. Um, they are typically bringing bikes in from offshore. Building them in Australia, sort of tweaking them for Australian conditions and trying to deliver some good budget level, entry-level bikes. They announced that uh, you can now place a deposit of five hundred bucks for an electric motorcycle for two thousand nine hundred and ninety dollars. Giles. three grand what? neat. Yep. Three grand, got yourself an electric motorbike. Now, it's not a stump pulling. Live wire Harley Davidson, or even a Zero or an Energica, or any of those other things. It's a different class of machine. It's a smaller battery, it's much, much, much lower power. And you know, it's built to a budget, but there is a real market for entry level electric motorcycles. And at three grand, I can't wait to talk to these guys because it looks really, really interesting. The one that I looked at and kind of went, oh, well, I want more capacity, I want more power, I, you know, and even their highest power model is a long way from a zero, but it's still only seven grand. And so um, they're assembled in Frankston. Uh, they're taking deposits now of 500 bucks, and they're saying they hope to deliver in November. So um, between uh, BRAP and um, the guys from Evoke, um, I can't wait to see what we have in two wheels um, by the end of the year, but it's looking good, Josh.
1: That's pretty exciting there, Nigel. Um, you also um, just point out um, your interesting podcast interview, which we finally published um, last week um, with Sam Baker, a, um, a YouTuber out of New Zealand who's got um, just really into electric, in, electric motorcycles. And that's a fascinating interview, actually. I'd uh, recommend um, people with an interest in that. And, um, that'd be great. And I'm looking forward to the Evoke um, people coming up. And um, having, I think I've still got a two-wheel licence, Nigel. I'm not a am not a. Are you going to go for a ride? Well, I don't see why I shouldn't. I've got a license.
2: Excellent.
1: (laughs) Put a few few cushions and some mattresses on the side of the road and I'll be fine.
2: (laughs) I did say to them, now, you know, Giles lives on one of the best motorcycle roads in the country. It is a road that I have fanged up and down a few times, if I'm honest, and it is a glorious motorcycle road and a great test ride for an electric motorcycle because it's quite steep, it's quite windy, but it also has you know, some nice open stretches down towards the bottom where, where, where you can flatten and just head down towards a golf club yeah. there. So there's opportunities for high speed, low speed, cornering. Every, it's a really good test run. So flog it senseless, Joss. my advice. I'd like to cool. advise
1: everyone that the speed limit on our road is actually 80 kilometres an hour, which may yeah. have... flog it senseless uh, under be. the speed limit. <laughs> and I, I, can, I can hear you and your mates going past occasionally. Um uh, but maybe not the ones in the electric vehicle, uh, electric motorcycles. Anyway, um, yeah. so some other interesting EV news. Uh, there's a bit of an uptake, uptick happening finally in electric vehicle sales in Australia. And just one of the most amazing images uh, that we published online this week was the new, uh, sh- um, the new loader, that the ship. The shipload of Teslas that have, has arrived in Port Kembla, and they're all just lined up on the docks, like one, like it's like a, a scene out of sort of, you know, The Empire Strikes Back, you know, in Star Wars, they're just all white Teslas, one after the other, just sort of going, um, you know, thousands of them, thousands of them. And um, so we're in, actually in for a record. Um, a record quarter for EV sales in Australia um, in the June quarter. That was quarter.
2: such a heartwarming story, wasn't it? Se- second only, I say it wasn't the best story. The best story I saw, uh, which you also picked up on, was that service station in Queensland that had you know unleaded diesel, le- uh, uh, ultra premium electricity, and they had yes. a price. Uh, they had a price on their sign out the front to charge your electric vehicle, and I went right. Now we're getting somewhere.
1: Absolutely, and that wasn't in the city or anywhere. That that was that was out to Woomba. So, um, Woomba, yeah, bloody great, bloody great. Yeah, absolutely. Nigel, I think we're coming to the natural close of our um, of our podcast. Uh, we started off with some tongue twisters, and we finished it with some, <laughs> some uplifting stories about electric vehicles, and we have managed to talk about solar somewhere in between there. So that's um, that's uh, you know, mission accomplished, I think. Mission accomplished. <laughs> Look, we'll be back in a fortnight. You've got, another, you've got another great solid business episode coming up next week? We do. We do. Fantastic. Can you give it like a little bit of a hint? No. It's a complete okay.
2: secret topic.
1: It's a complete secret topic. I suspect he hasn't done the recording yet. Anyway. Um... We'll have an episode of Great Solar Business next week. We'll be back in a fortnight. Check out also Energy Insiders and the Driven Podcast, especially that one with the uh, with the with those uh, Tesla coal miners or the coal miners driving Teslas or sitting in Teslas or doing whatever it is that they do. Thanks once again to our sponsors, uh, Clenergy, Sunwiz, and Solar Analytics. Thanks also to our listeners. Do check out the survey that we've actually published or um, on Renew Economy this week, uh, looking for feedback for what people like or don't like, or suggest we do better, or, or any other suggestions. Um, I did. I did your survey. You did the did. survey. Five oh, stars. I gave you five, five stars. Five. Oh, Margot, gosh, we'll have to we'll have to get a prize, um, and um, free subscription. Fantastic. And um, look, we'll be back in a fortnight.
0: Solar Insiders was brought to you by Clenergy, the providers of high quality mounting systems for residential, commercial and utility scale solar projects. With in-house engineering and projects divisions, Clenergy provides a unique edge with its expert advice. Let Clenergy find the right framework for any solar application. Solar Insiders was also brought to you by SunWiz, Australia's leading service provider for the solar and storage industry. SunWiz's partnership with OpenSolar will amplify the value delivered by their world leading solar software platform with pro setup, training and assistance, run your business at maximum velocity. Visit sunwiz.com.au. Solar Insiders was also brought to you by Solar Analytics, helping solar retailers deliver more value, win happier customers and generate more sales through referrals and upsell. Get more from solar, visit solaranalytics.com.au.